Hey, welcome to Sex, Drugs, and Spirituality with Sydney DeLorean. That's me. And today we have James on the show. How's it going, James? Oh, it's going very well. Thank you. This is a topic that you brought up, and um, I'm super excited for it. Uh, you suggested we do a show about people who have weird relationships with their pets. Yes, I did. Mostly because I fear that I may be one of those people. Um, you actually <laughs> grouped me in with it, and you said, you know, like you and Frank. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what type of pet do you have? Uh, I have, well, I have multiple pets, but my main sort of, uh, my main squeeze, as it would be, uh, is my dog. He's a corgi, and his name is Ted. Ted the corgi. How long have you had him? Uh, I have had him now since 2008, so he's 11. And have you, is this your first corgi? Uh, first corgi, yeah. I guess it's the third dog okay um i mean if we're looking at the queen we know that corgis are addicting so yeah well they are yeah it's it's been an interesting journey with the corgi honestly and it's one of the things that also sort of prompted me to suggest this topic because it it seems to me that corgi owners like so the u.s pet industry right is something like 70 billion dollars we all spend on our pets and stuff in a year right yeah i mean half of that is me and my fucking dogs on heart medication (laughs) right and then tank outfits right well no no i actually don't put clothes on frank people buy him clothes all the time but um he doesn't he doesn't really care about clothes I did have a mm-hmm. dog um, who passed away, uh, I think a year and a half ago, Felipe, and Felipe had to wear sweaters because he was only four pounds, and when he was cold, he was too stupid to get under a blanket. Like, Frank, if he's cold, he just goes under a blanket or wedges himself between pillows, and he's fine, but Felipe, he was a little bit intellectually challenged, and so he had to wear a sweatshirt because he would scream when it got cold. And that's when I knew it was time to turn the heat on because this little tiny dog would just look at me and go, Felipe sounds like a dog after my own heart because I, I did a little bit of growing up in Hawaii, and anytime it gets below like 70 degrees, I start complaining and turn into a whiny baby and stuff yeah it's bad the desert makes you weak is what i say about living in phoenix you like there's no going back oh yeah southern california is the same way i mean we've just paved our desert right Mm -hmm. like it's yeah same and then you know when i when i was growing up in hawaii and this is a bit off topic but you know it's like 72 degrees all the time air and water so like when you grow up with things just being pleasant and then I, i did uh, a bit of time, not time, time, but I, I lived in uh, Santa Cruz for a while, which is brutally cold in the winter and sometimes even the summers. So as soon as I got an opportunity, I moved down to Southern California, and that's actually when I bought my my corgi as well. Oh, when, when Ted entered my life, so new home, new dog. <laughs> yeah, well, I was actually chasing my girlfriend as well too. So uh, she's now my wife, and when I moved down here in 2008 after college. We got the uh, the dog together. We got Ted. Ted oh. is um, my wife's first dog. And when I moved out and away from my old dog, who's a poodle, it was like I don't know, a week later. I was like, okay, so you've never had a dog. You need a dog. You're clearly missing out on life. Yeah. And now, and now I have a corgi who's 11. And I would say we have... A complicated relationship, he and I. What do you mean? 
Well, like, it's weird. So he's totally, like, he's a nice dog. He's all good, like, with children and people in public. And we, like, take him out, and he's got his own Instagram and all this crap, right? And we, uh, when we got him, shortly after we got him, we moved to Hollywood. So then he would come with us everywhere because, you know, when you're working, like, a 9-to-5, you get home. And the dog wants to go out and we want to go out. And so you're living in Hollywood and you just walk around Hollywood and go to the you know bars or restaurants or, you know, whatever the hell else. And that's what your evening is. Mm-hmm. So Ted or Teddy, when he was a puppy, he got really used to going out and seeing everything and just being sort of like following us around like a puppy. Right. Yeah. And so he's really, really good in public and, and really nice with folks. But now that he's old, when he gets home and he gets especially like in his bed spot and like is set for the evening, don't go fucking with him because then you got to like, you know, count your fingers. And be, oh, wait. OK. Yes, I do have all the same numbers. So yeah. he's. Yeah, that's a common thing with older dogs. Like when they yeah. are down for their sleeping, like they do not fuck with them because they are no. sick of your shit. Exactly. And like, uh, who was it? Was it, I want to say, um, Whitney Cummings, but I think it might be, oh crap, I'm blanking on her name. Had a. Nikki Glazer. Yeah. So one of those two young ladies just had a bit about their dog's Me Too movement. Oh, that might have been Whitney. She's doing a lot of Me Too stuff. She has pit bulls. Well, so, so like, I, I, I really, uh, uh, related to that because when we take my dog out, in public he gets an insane amount of intention mm-hmm. like it's which is kind of nice and, and uh sort of affirming to me because i'm again one of the reasons i suggested this topic is i think that i maybe show a little bit too much at, uh, uh, affection and and love for my dog like the fact that i created his own instagram page you know or the fact that i have like his bed is framed by two photos of him i love it uh, I have a, we, we, and actually it's coming up next weekend around again. Every year we go to at very least one, but there's technically, I think it's four, but it might actually be three depending on who you ask and how you count, um, Corgi Beach Day events in California each year. So the next one's coming up. It's at Huntington Dog Beach, I think again, but last time they had so many people and it got so popular that Huntington, I guess, suggested or made them or whatever rent out a separate part of the beach that wasn't actually the dog beach so that they could have like vendors and like 15 food trucks and like, like the NFL comes to sell NFL officially branded dog wares to Corgi Beach Day. That's wild. Yeah. Like you, you can get hotel deals at the Hilton for Corgi Beach Day, right? Like it's, it's a bit odd. Does the Hilton let you bring your pets there? I assume so. Okay. But as as we're as we're fairly local in in your Belinda, like we just drive out. But I mean, they should like waive the pet fee. Like if you're participating in the event, they should definitely waive that fee. They should. Yeah. Yeah. I hadn't thought about that, but they definitely should. I don't like paying that fee. I'm gonna be real with you. I have more than once in my life, um, while traveling with Frank, snuck him into a hotel in a coat. And then when I would walk him, I would just wrap him in the coat and walk around the corner and then let him down. Um, Because 
Yeah, he, no, he's tiny, first of all, and like he's not going to do any harm to a hotel room because he doesn't pee inside and he doesn't bark. So uh, no one knows that he's there. It's, it's funny you say that because so I used to work in a, a museum another lifetime ago and then in retail another sort of lifetime ago. And the funny thing is, is like, you know, when I was in retail, I worked in just like a, a boating supply shop and. So there's, like, no food or, like, anything in there, right? It's all, like, fiberglass and, like, wakeboards and, like, fishing supplies, right? Mm -hmm. So people bring their dogs in all the time, and it's great because, like, dogs are awesome. And I had this one guy who didn't have a dog. He walked up to me as the floor manager at the end. He's like, why do you have dogs in your store? Like, they're all dirty and all this. And I'm like, yeah, like, every sort of stereotypical argument that you can make about why you might not want a dog in a store, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And from my previous experience in the museum, I was like, look, sir, I completely understand. Like, I, I can see why you may not be comfortable. Um, I know this dog. This dog is a, uh, you know, pet of a regular customer. They're perfectly well behaved and all this. And I can tell you, when I worked at this museum, I've seen many more children poop on the ground than I have dogs <laughs> in stores. Like, I just, so, so your whole argument about, like, it's unsafe for children and, and dirty for kids on the ground, I just don't buy. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's a good point because children are, they are always emitting some sort of fluid. Children, as as I'm sure you have been told, it's different when you're there your own, right? But mm-hmm. children are disgusting. Oh, yeah. Like, because really, it's just a version of you and me that doesn't know about personal hygiene yet. Well, and the thing is... um. I think it's different for, okay, so when you house train a puppy, it can take a little bit longer because they're babies and they don't remember things. But if you have an older adult dog, if you are dedicated, it takes two weeks to house train a dog. And from what I've observed with my friends who have children, house training a child takes four, it's like four years until you can, maybe even five, until you can pretty much count on the fact that you're not going to have to clean up their piss or shit because it, and so I'm just like, man, that is a lot of years of dealing with fecal matter. Um, well, I mean, then again, I've been picking up Teddy shit for like 11 years now. <laughs> oh, um, okay, so what were you saying about $7 billion a year is the pet industry? So the pet industry is 70 billion dollars seven zero okay yeah so americans spend about 70 billion dollars on their pets i mean that's that's a huge amount of money right mm-hmm. i didn't actually go into research other industries and figure out how much those are worth because 70 billion just seemed like a lot but i have to assume if we as americans are spending collectively that amount of money then we're all a little bit obsessed with our pet like if you have if you have a pet and this is sort of like between the space of me suggesting this topic and like me sort of researching it and like I guess being prepared or whatever. Like I realized that maybe I'm not actually as like quote unquote obsessed as I would think. And maybe I'm just more of like a, a passionate pet owner. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause, Cause I mean, I still do attend like the Corgi rallies and I have no less than like, let's see, I have a Corgi pin on my seat of my car. I have a Corgi air freshener and then I have a sticker for a Corgi rescue on the outside of my car. That's pretty intense. Yeah. Like, thank you for saying so. But at the same time, like, I don't know, like, I don't 
dress in a corgi onesie, right? Like, like the breadth of weirdness that I really could get into is quite deep. Like when you like, you know, start to look at dog products or, or especially like corgi products, like it gets weird real fast. Well, here's where it gets weird for me is when, for example, I like chihuahuas. I've always had chihuahuas. But I've never had more than two at a time because mm-hmm. I'm not insane, right? But like this I is know, true. I know a lot of people. One of the ladies who works the front desk at my vet office, she has anywhere between seven to nine at a given time. Oh wow! And that's just too many. And I get it. She rescues them, and you want to save them and stuff. But for me, I feel like at that point you've got a hoard. You know, and their number the the vet bills are astronomical. And also, how can you yeah? Uh, how can you pay attention to all of them? I guess if you get them one at a time, you can train them one at a time. But it's hard to monitor behavior um, and figure out who who's who's either peeing or who's chewing up things if you have a whole herd of them. Um, and the people I know who, the more dogs they have, the worse behaved their dogs are. Um, and so I don't like that where they're like collecting them like they're beanie babies, but then they're also pissing all over their fucking house cause they're, they're outnumbered and they, they can't train their dogs. I don't, I don't like that. The animal hoarding. Yeah. That's, that's definitely a, a sort of like zone or like line of distinction. Like you can be like, a, like me, right? I'm pretty obsessed with my dogs. Right. I have a shirt with his face on it and he has a shirt with my face on it. Is this true? Oh, this is 100% true. <laughs> I love that. Oh my God. So, so, so again, like half the reason I kind of suggested this topic was almost as like a sounding board, uh-huh. right? To make sure I'm not actually that crazy. So, so the, the reason that all came about was actually because of Corgi Beach Day. So the first Corgi Beach Day we went to was like the, I don't know, like a third or fourth one or something like that. And there was like 12 of us. Right. Mm-hmm. Like a dude on his Instagram, it's like Mr. Pickles, the Corgi. Hey, I'm going to go to Huntington Dog Beach on this day. Wouldn't it be cool if like a bunch of other Corgis showed up because we never see each other in public. Right. Yeah. And so like like a dozen or two dozen or whatever people showed up. And then like the next one, there was like a hundred people. Right. Mm-hmm. And then the one after that, like the news came. And then the one after that, there was like like actual vendors and crafting and people started selling stuff and now they're like renting out a part of the beach and having hotel deals and all this other crazy stuff right Mm -hmm. and gosh i almost lost my train of thought but so it started sort of as like a a breed enthusiast kind of group right Mm -hmm. now it's gotten to the point where there are more people that attend just to see the dogs well yeah of course so there's like, you know, say 8,000 people that come, but there's like a thousand dogs, which is still like crazy. So when you have a thousand dogs, it all basically looks the same. You get kind of creative as to how to distinguish them, right? So when there was like 12, a bandana would do because, you know, there's like, what, eight colors in a rainbow. So you pick like a pink or a super bright ass green, and then you're pretty sure that nobody else has it, right? Because like red, blue, green, like the sort of standard colors are kind of standard and everybody has them. So if you choose like a, a crazy bright one, it's like, ah, that's my dog. Mm-hmm. Right. But when there's like 200 corgis that all basically look the same, like, Oh shit. Like there's like 14 of them that have green fucking bandanas all bought from the same store and so on and so forth. So that's where the shirts came about 
was because we got really scared of losing him in like the sea of corgis. So you wanted to have a shirt with your face on it. So it's like, yeah, this dog goes with this guy. Have you seen this dog? He has a shirt on with my face. And like my shirt has his face and then it says Teddy underneath and his shirt has my face and it says James underneath. And yeah, like, have you seen this man? Please return. I, the, I mean, this just sounds practical. And in no, I, at first I was like, that's kind of a little bit weird, but it is. It's very strange on the surface of it, isn't it? But it has a practical application. So I get it. Like, that's that's not weird. Thank you. Well, and we've also, we've graduated actually past that now because that got a little too weird and was a little ineffectual because, again, all the corgis look the same. Mm -hmm. So if you just go up to a person and say, have you seen this corgi and point to your nipples? Everybody's like, yeah, it's right there. No, it's not that one. It's (laughs) it's this one, right? Because, like, I can tell the difference between my dog's, like, facial patterns and another's that's quite similar. Mm -hmm. But, you know, XYZ person can't. So... Yeah, now we just, uh, I got this thing for my keys so they don't lose them, called Tile. It's like a little Bluetooth tracker thing. So now we just put that on his collar when we go to Corgi Peach Day and it's good. Oh, that's so wise. That's not, yeah. that's, yeah, that's a good pro tip. If it gets really bad, I, I can like ring it and so it'll like make noise and, and like, hey, have you seen this dog? And you know, I show him a picture or whatever and it's like, he's ringing and all that. And <laughs> it should give me like a range to him and all this. It's, yeah, it's good. Um, yeah, no, that's actually not a bad idea. I like that. That's kind of, um, a dog hack. But I also have to consider these things because I show up to the same beach at the same time with a whole bunch of other really, like, odd dog owners. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, don't get me started in the dog, the people you meet at a dog park, just a normal dog park. Oh my fucking God, they are... Fucking weirdos. Yeah, you will meet some fucking weirdos. But you realize... You and I are also going to the dog park. So to somebody else, we are those weirdos. Yeah, no. I mean, I've met a lot of people who are developmentally disabled or they're on the spectrum or they're clearly schizophrenic and like... like they don't they're at the dog park in the middle of the day which is when I go because I'm a bartender and the reason they're there in the middle of the day is because like they don't work they are on some sort of state assistance because they are mentally disabled (laughs) and uh and I'm like where's your state appointed worker what halfway house do I need to return you to um because you're fucking bananas yeah we don't necessarily have that here in Southern California or at least in so your Belinda is where I live currently, and its uh, its slogan is "Land of Gracious Living." Oh, um, it it's like a hundred thousand people, and we don't have our own police force. Like we we contract out to Orange County Sheriff, I think it is now. Mm-hmm. So it, it's pretty relaxed. Oh, um, yeah. You go to the dog park here, and it's all like in the middle of the day. It's like housewives between yoga class. Like, yeah. Don't I don't mean to seem like a jerk, but. Is what it is. Hey, they're living the life I want to live, so it's debilitating though. Like the <laughs> cost of it is just, and it's not the actual cost, and it's the worry about how the cost will increase. Uh, anyway, don't get me started on that. Yeah, but oh, so uh, in 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 your Belinda, the dog park in the old day, fairly nice, but. I, I can understand how uh, it might not be that way everywhere. Yeah, sure. C- Central Phoenix, definitely a bunch of fucking weirdos. Um, I don't love it. Um, so uh, 
What inspired you to get a Corgi? So, let's see. Growing up, I had a lab and a poodle. Well, two labs and then a poodle, a standard poodle. And so I always had big dogs or sort of like working dogs or like intelligent dogs, that kind of thing. And um, when I moved down here to Southern California, um, my then-girlfriend, now-wife, uh, the only dog she ever sort of closely interacted with uh, growing up was her tennis coach's dog, which was a corgi. Mm-hmm. So she was like, corgis are super cute. I knew this one that I liked, so we're getting a corgi. And about 30 seconds into Instagramming corgi puppy pictures, I completely agreed. Because um, why wouldn't you? And yeah. So it's been an exciting and mostly good 11 years since then. Um, Just in case Zach is listening, um, I want to say that the wife is always right. You want to let the wife pick out the dog. Mm -hmm. Here is proof of that. Um, Oh, yeah. Because Zach Mm -hmm. says that when we get our next dog, he wants to have say and pick it out. And he's like, but you have to be open to something that isn't a chihuahua. And I was like, listen, Mm-mm. my taste in dogs is very Mm-mm. specific. I like small black uh-huh. and white chihuahuas age eight or above. Like I am very. Yeah, so he can pick one of those. There's a whole bunch of them. I'm sure. <laughs> I mean, it's true. He can pick his favorite one of those. People send me links to them all the time. And then my ovaries go crazy. And I'm like, I need this dog. I need it. I'm going to die if I don't get this dog. Right. Um. <laughs> I'm not. I always joke with my wife. It's like if we ever become like independently wealthy or like you know, quote unquote, like strike it big. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just gonna like move to the desert or something and start a corgi ranch. Yeah. Just, just, just have just have a whole bunch of corgis, whether they're rescued or like the rescues end up liking each other and making more corgis or whatever else. That's just part of corgi ranching. Yeah. Right. And we'll just have like a whole like back forty full of corgis, and we'll have some like geese for them to chase, and we'll have. You know, like a whole bunch of crap. It'll be great. You'll be living the life. <laughs> that, yes. I'd be like Mike Tyson, but instead of with weed, with corgis. Uh, he also has pigeons. Um, so Pigeons? Yeah, he has... Celebrities get some weird pets. That's better than his tigers that nearly killed him or whatever, right? Yeah, I... So, in researching this and, like, looking up celebrities and their pets, obviously he came up a lot. I ended up not taking notes on him because I wasn't sure about what his relationship to the pigeons and tigers were. I kind of felt like he was using them as props and not, like actually had like a bond with them um i'm you know i'm not saying that he wasn't close to the tigers but uh those tigers ended up going to a rescue because they get they get mean like people adopt them when they're cubs and they think oh it's so cute and then they grow into grown tigers that um act like wild animals and then it's a fucking tiger like i'm pretty sure like whatever proto-human was interacting with ever like proto tiger back in the day you know mm-hmm. like that's why we're still afraid of the dark right because if you're like, if you're like a caveman just chilling sleeping in your cave with nothing but maybe a, a fire dimly lighting everything right mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden like bob gets dragged off into the night and all you see is two glowing yellow eyes right yeah like sure that'll instill some some pretty evolutionary level like fear of the dark like crazy shit happens in the dark don't go out in that because you don't want to be bobbed, right? Yeah. Like, so why would you want that in your house? It's a weird person who wants to own exotic animals, and it 
it, the story with all of them is that they, it ends up proving itself to be a wild animal and they have to give it up and it has to go live at a sanctuary like yeah whether it's tigers or chimpanzees or whatever else like oh we're gonna get into that because i got some people on my list chimpanzees have been bad historically yeah yeah they're not great um i figured first we would talk about queen elizabeth ii because we're in corgi territory um she has owned at least one corgi at any time uh, since 1933. Um, she's had more than 30 since becoming queen in 1952. Um, they had their own bedroom, uh, each with their own bed, and the maids would change the sheets daily. Like, So there's several corgis. They all have their own bed. They get fresh sheets every day. They had chef-prepared meals. Um, her last corgi passed away in 2018, and she said she didn't want to have any corgis like that lived longer than her and would have to be adopted by someone else, so she quit getting corgis. And she, the one that died in 2018 was her last one, and then she's done. Well, So it goes deeper than that, though. So the breeder for her corgis will no longer breed any kind of dog. The queen the queen is done with her dogs. I am done as well. I mean, if you've been breeding the queen's corgis and, like, corgi mixes for a while, like, all right. Like, you've been doing that for 30 years? That's a freaking great cherry for the hat of a dog breeding career or whatever, right? And maybe they're at retirement age already, I would think. Yeah, I would assume so, yeah. I mean, the queen's, what, a million? No, she had her like 70 year jubilee and she must have been 20 or something. So she's like 90 ish in that age range. Sorry, all British listeners. I assume your podcast is international. Oh, yeah. We have listeners in Haiti. It's weird. The one who contacted me from Haiti was like, yeah, I have a foot fetish. I found your show. I'm in Haiti. And I was like, that's awesome. Wait, so the foot fetish thing didn't work out real quickly because you wouldn't show your face, though, right? And it's more about the whole experience, not just the feet. If I recall correctly, that's why I haven't made any money selling feet pictures because people want to see the whole person behind the feet and they want to do like video chat. So it's still kind of like a money shot kind of situation, quote unquote. Yeah, you still have to be like a cam girl, basically. And I don't want to, number one, reveal my identity, Um so, yeah, but we, when Shu was still the co-host, we did an episode about foot fetishes about a year ago, and that really brought in a lot of listeners, um, a lot of ride or die listeners who stuck around after that. Excellent. But yeah, I think that's perfectly great. Be into feet. Feet, I think, is a healthy thing to be into. Yeah, and if anyone wants to buy pictures of my feet or uh, my dirty socks, uh, you can just let me know because um, I'm... I'm trying to uh, become debt-free. That's right. I have been catching up on the pup dates, the, the sweaty football season socks. Yes, yes. Uh, I'm working 10 hours on Sundays, and if anyone wants to buy my Sunday socks, they're out there. Um, who did you have on your like list of weird people? So it's kind of hard to distinguish, like, because there are definitely, like, we're sort of getting at before, like, there's, like, obsessed or, like, really into your... Or more like passionate, like like again, I think I would prefer a passionate pet owner to like an obsessed pet pet owner as far as terminology. But like, mm-hmm. so there's a lot of them, and you 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 want to steer away from like the animal hoarders and stuff. But I think my favorite sort of celebrity pet owners would either be 
people like Ellen or Miley Cyrus, maybe. And Paris Hilton is also pretty famously into her dogs. So, like, those are sort of, like, my three don't end up like these people, but they're also not that bad. Yeah, I think Miley Cyrus rescues a lot of animals. I don't know about Ellen. Does she do a lot of rescue pets? So, Ellen rescues, like, a shit ton of dogs, apparently. And for this reason, um, she started, like, a new pet brand or either made a new line for her pet brand. And she was being interviewed by, I forget who it was, you know, not Vanity Fair, but some fancy sort of sounding magazine. And she's saying, yeah, I, I mean, one reason to do this is because it's good business, right? Another reason to do this is then I get a whole bunch of new pet stuff for my dogs and I don't have to go and buy shirts, <laughs> right? So, yeah, like, and then there's uh, Miley Cyrus who sort of just has like a mini urban farm deal kind of going on. Like she's got horses, she's got mini horses, she's got pigs, she's got dogs, chickens you know, the, the whole sort of gamut, but in sort of like yeah. onesies and twosies, it's almost like a, a Noah's Ark situation, but a Miley Cyrus farm thing. Yeah. And she, the thing about wealthy people is like, they have the means to do this too. Like they have the means to be good pet owners because they can afford the expenses that come along with pet ownership. And they also have help that can help take care of them. Or like, I mean, but then there's, you know, Paris Hilton, who's like you, had you know a few small chihuahuas you know nothing crazy right like one two maybe three dogs at a time but she built them like a 300 square foot house in her backyard yeah it looks really dope it's like two stories it has heating and cooling in it like it's amazing i'm like totally into that honestly i've actually tried to figure out a way to get like those little ac units you get like home depot or whatever and like build a dog house for my dog with one of those plugged in that i can have it all inside and everything so that way i can like ac just his house and not like the entire apartment when we're away at work but if you're paris hilton you just build them a guest house because that's you know sort of what they are in in our lives in a lot of ways right it's like tiny little like distant family relatives that are visiting long term yeah and and also dogs like to have their own house and space that's why like people talk shit about kenneling your dog which is part like I know a lot of people who haven't house trained their dogs because they didn't want to kennel them which is for me part of successful training is when I'm not around you're in a kennel and then I take you outside to pee and then you learn that peeing happens outside and so I know a lot of people who they they don't believe in kenneling their dogs so they just don't they've never been trained and I'm like first of all after you're done with the kenneling process when you no longer have to lock your dog up it's still going to want to go in that kennel because it becomes its little safety house so well there's like any living thing right there's three basic things you want just to be safe and warm have something to eat and then to make more of you hopefully through a fun squishy means right like so, yeah, you give them a kennel, it satisfies the very first thing on that list, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, what do you think about people like, so Katy Perry and Taylor Swift are both cat ladies, and Katy Perry takes her cat Kitty Purry on, like, it, it travels with her, it stays in her hotel rooms, um, and I'm pretty sure Taylor Swift uh, travels with her cats Meredith Grey and Olivia Benson. Because she loves a strong female lead, too. Yes, of course. <laughs> 
I think I've seen pictures of Taylor Swift, like when she was living in New York. I don't, she might still live there, but I've seen pictures of her on the street with her cat. Like she's the cat has a leash on and she's holding the cat. And I just think the cat maybe doesn't want to run errands with you. I don't know. So like my my brother has cats, and I think cats are totally fine. Like I don't have anything against cat people. Um, but yeah, cats seem to be a little more into the whole, I have a nice warm cave aspect of life, right? Like, especially like an indoor cat, in my experience, doesn't want a, a whole lot of external crazy stimulus. And I was actually, it's kind of funny you bring that up because I was talking to my brother about cats sort of recently. And it's like, yeah, like I haven't had a whole lot of positive relationships with cats but I also haven't had very many long relationships with cats. It's always been like, oh, hi, cat, can I pet you? And then Noah, like, tries to bite or slap my hands. Like, oh, okay, fuck off then. Got it. Sweet. I'll just fuck off to this side of the room. You go over to that side of the room, and we'll be fine that way. Right? But I'm sure, like, my brother, right, once you get to know the cat, and the cat depends for you and food and shelter and all that crap, then the cat likes you. Yeah, but I okay. So cat cats are funny because like they don't really care about us. Like they're indifferent towards us, which in a way I respect. Well, I think outside cats definitely, but inside cats, some of them like attention. But I I just don't think that they would like. The, I mean, number one, I know cats hate cars. So when I hear that people are traveling with their pets, or like with their cats, I'm like that cat can't be having a good time, right? Like, I, if I were a cat, I wouldn't want to go out on the streets of New York. I never wanted to go out on the streets of New York when I fucking lived in New York. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, but but there's cats that, like, go rock climbing and shit on Instagram and all that crap. So I think it's it's probably, like, I mean, yes, I think cats are more tend, or sorry, sorry tend to be more skittish and, and want calm in general. But, you know, I, I think there's the full spectrum of personalities with cats as there is with dogs, right? Like you can get some dogs that are like crazy aggro need to be running at a hundred miles a day, all day, every day. And then there's some dogs that literally just want to sit on your lap and like snuggle. So I, I would say there are more cats that, that lean more snuggle or, you know, stereotypical sun drenched window. Right. Like surely. Right. Just like generally speaking, you could say that, you know, male humans tend to be more aggressive whereas female humans tend to be more affectionate generally speaking right like of course there's a fuck ton of uh, uh exemptions but hey what are you gonna do i guess that's true you, you know what you've, you've turned you've changed <laughs> yeah, yeah i think cats you just gotta changed. get to know i think not that i've gotten to know any so i can't report back but I think cats, generally speaking, you got to get to know them better. Well, if anyone out there has a cat that likes to travel with them, send me a message and be like, no, dude, my cat loves to go out and about. Um, and I will I will 100% stand. Yeah, because like, if you like chasing a ball of yarn on the floor, like why wouldn't you like chasing a bubble across a park? Right. Like Teddy loves freaking bubbles. Bubbles are like the craziest thing ever because how do they stay up there? Right. And. I'm sure there's a cat that feels the same way. Um, okay, the next person I have on my list I'm really excited about uh, is Jane Mansfield, who was a Chihuahua lady. We have a lot in common. Um, her house was called the Pink Palace. It had a heart-shaped pool, um, everything, and it was pink, um, and she loved Chihuahuas um, and was friends with Anton LaVey. So she's pretty dope in my book, um, but she was a drunk, and that's always a problem. But anyways... 
Um, she was known for carrying her chihuahuas around. If you just Google image search Jane Mansfield chihuahuas, you'll like see her grocery shopping with them. Um, but when she, so she died in a car crash famously. Um, and one of her dogs was with her and died in the crash with her. And she had actually, yeah, I know it's super sad. Um, and she had willed her dogs to Anton LaVey, um, founder of the church okay. of Satan. I did not know and, that. Um, yeah, they were, they were friends and they were photographed together a lot. And it was rumored that they were having a sexual affair. Um, even though she had a quote unquote boyfriend at the time who was her divorce attorney, it's all very messy and it is a fascinating story. Well, she was sort of like a, a Marilyn Manson type or yeah, Marilyn Monroe type, not Marilyn Manson type. Sorry. Yeah. She was like the knockoff Marilyn Monroe. Um, and her career, um, kind of faltered because she came at the end of the fifties and then we came into the sixties and like women were a little more liberated. She kind of had this like outdated brand. Um, but, but yeah, she was, uh, super hip hanging out with Satanists. Um, so she willed this dog to Anton LaVey, um, and uh, I don't know why they thought that they should still send it to him, even though it was dead. Um, but they did. And he had it taxidermied. Um, and you can actually see this uh, Jane Mansfield's taxidermy chihuahua because it's at the Museum of Death in Hollywood. That's crazy. I used to um, live right by there. It's, dude, I need to go because um, it looks super dope. And I also want to see Jane Mansfield's chihuahua. I never went inside, but the front door is quite impressive. It's like this whole, I don't know, black and pink skull thing. It's pretty cool looking. They have um, some, what is, they have photos of several crime scenes that are said to not exist. Um, like they have JFK autopsy photos that a lot of people say don't exist. Yeah, I kind of um, doubt anybody was taking pictures of that. I don't know. Apparently there are, I mean, coroners usually do, um, I don't, but I, that's now, I don't know. Yeah, I know it's such a sensitive thing. Yeah, I, I would rather doubt that there are photos of that, but I don't know. Maybe, maybe one day we'll get one of those presidents that like gets, like actually tells us about the aliens and the JFK assassination, like is the sort of joke on the campaign trail, right? Yeah, I mean, I think at one point in our lifetimes, we're going to live through the records release, like, and all the records for the JFK assassination will have to go public. That would be crazy. Um, More transparency in government. Yeah. Boom. That'd be great. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, please. That's not going to happen. So, okay, in the vein of lions. Tippi Hedren had one, yeah. Dude, have you read about her and her fucking uh, lions? Just that, so I heard that she had one after filming a movie, uh, something campy, like Roar. Oh, no. So she made oh, that really? movie. Anyway, she so she got the lion after the movie, and then she's like, fuck, that was a bad idea. Like, 12 years later, whenever somebody else was talking about it, after they got rid of the lion, she admitted it was a bad idea. Yeah, because... Um, her lions fucked a lot of people up. So she's like shooting a movie in Africa in 1969. Um, and she's out there with her husband, Noel Mm -hmm. Marshall. Yes. Uh, the sexiest of of years. Um, and she adopts this lion while she's in Africa. Adopts. We need more information on that. That, but yeah, she fucking kidnaps a lion. (laughs) Um, Lion in Africa does not sound like it needs to be adopted. Lion in Irvine. It might need to be rescued. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, she moved this lion to her house in Hollywood, and it was sleeping in bed with her and her husband. It would sleep in bed with her daughter, Melanie Griffith. It's just hanging out, and her and her husband become obsessed with lions, and they um, get a bunch of them, and they start shooting this movie called Roar, and they started shooting it in like 1976 and it took them five years to make because like they lost their funding because people kept getting injured on the set like how badly Um, what are we talking are we talking like somebody's finger gets bit off or like there's like eight inch gashes through somebody's chest like what's because like there's a lot of different ways a lion can hurt somebody maybe just sat on their foot because lions get heavy Right? <laughs> That's a big ass cat. Um, no, the cinematographer was scalped and it took 220 stitches to sew his scalp back on. Uh, Melanie Griffith, who is in the movie, was mauled in the face by a lion and it required 50 stitches and some reconstructive surgery, which is crazy because we know of Melanie Griffith as being this beautiful movie star, but she. She was mauled in the face by a lion, and that scene is actually in the movie. They kept it in the movie. Is this available on the YouTubes now? Or, like, where do you get Roar? I, I gotta see this now that I actually more know, now that I know more about it. Alamo Drafthouse funded a re-release of it in 2015, so I okay. think you can find it now. Sounds crazy. Yeah, uh, the assistant director uh, was clawed in the neck, and... Thankfully, his jugular was narrowly missed. Because that's like the lion's whole thing is they go for the neck, right? Because if they don't like sever your head by crunching your spinal cord, they've caused so much bleeding and you just die. Yeah, they know how to kill. That's like what they do because they're uh, apex predators. Well, and that's like cruising around and, you know, when I would mountain bike as a, as a child in California, like you worry about mountain lions. But the one you see is never the one you worry about, right? Because they jump from behind and get you. Jesus. I've seen some nightmare shit about that. Giant cats. And that's, that's kind of one of the, the reasons I, I shy away from cats, too. Because, like, I don't know. Like, one wolf you can kind of deal with, right? Like, you're one dog at home. But, like, one lion or, like, one little mini cat. Fuck you. Uh. <laughs> Cats are scary. Anyways, continue. Sorry. So Tippi Hedren uh, had her leg fractured and multiple scalp wounds during the filming of the movie. And her husband, Noel Marshall, developed gangrene from multiple wounds. So he was just like shooting his movie, getting fucked up by a big old cat. Then, nope, I don't need to go to the doctor. It's fine. And then going back and shooting some more the next day. And it happened again. And so on and so forth until his leg got all blue. Oh, oh, that's, that's, some, I mean, that's devotion to the work. I'll give him that. But dude, there's a smarter way to make a movie, I'm sure. Well, and apparently the movie's really bad. Maybe we'll watch it and then we'll record an update about it. But um, critics have panned it as the uh, most expensive home movie ever made. Well, it's probably really sad now thinking about it too, right? Because all those, all those cats are really just, like, freaking out because they don't know what's going on. And they're locked in little tiny boxes when they're meant to be, like, you know, I don't know roaming the savannah or whatever stereotype you want to throw at it, right? Yeah, and, well, poor Melanie Griffith, her mother's, sh- like, shoving her in to film this movie and she almost gets her face ripped off. Yeah, that one-ups uh, Hitchcock for sure, right? Because those are just some, some angry crows. Which... Tippy Hedren was attacked by. Wait, Tippy Hedren was attacked by crows too. Well, she she was in the bird. Oh, she was. I didn't make that connection until just now. Yeah, so she got fucked up filming the bird. It just proves that abuse is a dangerous cycle. Yes. 
<laughs> oh my god, that's so true. Well, they so they after all of this shit went down, realized that um, there is something wrong with owning a bunch of lions, and they ended up opening an animal rescue where they like they rescued. Um, exotic cats so they got more lions well yeah but it was instead of living with them it was like a free range rescue and when people would get rid of their um pets that they could no longer control because they're fucking wild animals they would end up at this reserve because it's actually where michael jackson's tigers ended up when he closed the neverland zoo is they ended up at this uh shambhala rescue that tippy hedron wait isn't shambhala wasn't that like uh neil young's house or one of those Vegas dudes. Oh, I don't know. Something Shambhala, right? From who? Uh, uh, National Lampoon's Vegas Vacation. The mom goes to what's his name's house. Oh, um, oh, I don't know. Fuck. I've never seen it. Um, every like big-haired mom from the '80s is absolutely strangling me right now. Anyways, do you want to talk about Michael Jackson and oh, bubbles? Michael Jackson and bubbles, man. Um, well, they, do you remember that from when you were a kid? How I'm old are you? 35, well, 34, 35 and a bit. Okay. So we're the exact same age. So when you were like little, little Michael Jackson was kicking it with bubbles, right? Ha- having a chimp was the shit. Everybody wanted a chimp. That and like a power wheel. <laughs> that pretty much. Right? Like if you were, if you were like yeah, the real the... gangster kid on the block, you had a power wheels. And the only way you could really get cooler than that maybe is if you had a chimp. I mean, at least in in, in yeah. my demographic. Yeah, in the kid brain. Um, and yeah, that was like the whole wacko Jacko period because Michael Jackson. Uh, and honestly, hanging out with the chimp is better than hanging out with his little boys. You got to wonder if he's staring at the chimp's butthole, though, too. Oh, God. Yeah, did, did you watch not. that I documentary? Because I was kind of like, yeah, like, it's... you know, from back in the day, my mom, again, being kind of conservative, she always told me like Bill Clinton was always kind of a little creepy. Like Michael Jackson, I was kind of a little creepy. And like, you know, I can remember my mom, God, I was, it was like in high school and she even brought like Jeffrey Epstein. She's like, yeah, that guy is a fucking sex criminal. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Like all this, like, like my mom knew who the predators were way before mainstream media or whatever we want to call it, acknowledged it. Like, and I'm just thinking, like, yeah, okay. She knew it was up. See, that's why when... When people in their inner circle deny knowing about it, I'm like, the fuck you didn't? Like, James' mom knew what's up. Exactly. Like, with R. Kelly, right? Like, like if, if, if my mom knows the joke that R. Kelly is doing horrendous shit, right, or at least back when it was a joke, you know, in, like, the Space Jam days, um, like, yeah, I don't know how we were all cool with it. And, like, you know, how, how many of us did we graduate to I Believe We Can Fly, right? Like... It is, it's, it's crazy going, we're a bit off topic, but yeah, that, it gets, it gets nuts real fast. Um, he slept in a crib with Michael Jackson, the chimp, getting back to the chimp. That's weird. So it was sort of like a little boy thing that, but he did get $2 million and sent to a, a, a sanctuary. The chimp did. Because, so he, here he is, he's like on tour for bad, the, like the bad tour with Michael Jackson and he's drinking tea with the mayor of Osaka or whatever. And, um, in 2003, it turns out, hey, this chimp has matured into an aggressive adult because chimps are aggressive animals in case you Oh yeah, know they'll that, like chase um, down like other troops and like murder and eat their children and like all kinds of like insane shit in the wild. Yeah. 
chimps are gnarly. They're incredibly strong too. Like their muscle mass is like eight times. No, or like they're like one ounce of chimp muscle is like eight times stronger than an ounce of your muscle or some crazy. So they literally have superhuman strength. Like, yeah, they're nuts. Don't fuck with chimps. Just like, just like lions. Don't fuck with lions. Don't fuck with chimps. Yeah. Like, do you get them as a kid, as a puppy or whatever a, a baby chimp is, and then you think it's so sweet, and then it turns into an aggressive wild animal because that is what it is, and then it ends up at a fucking sanctuary, um, and I hate that shit. But that's the exact reason why, like, Frank and Teddy aren't, like, we didn't get them as wolf puppies, right? We got them as wolf puppies after 10,000 years of interbreeding to make them, like, all fucked up. Like a domestic animal is way different than all these exotic pets. Or even like a parrot. Like a parrot, you could argue, is still basically a wild animal. Oh, birds are fucking mean. I had a friend whose mom had birds and they were mean. But yeah, dogs have co-evolved alongside us. So that like they work well with humans. They actually can understand and empathize human emotion because they've we've co-evolved with them for thousands of years. Yeah. And like the domestic cat is only like you know, six or, or, or nine or something. Like, it's not... Like, the domesticated dog basically made agriculture pop possible, right? Because with the help of the canine, theoretically, we didn't have to hunt as hard, so then we could stay in one place instead of, like, chasing the herds around. So then you could grow bread to have with your elk or whatever. And it protects you from the other crazy dogs, like, you know, wolves and crap out there and whatever else, bears, whatever else trying to get to you. Like, dogs are the shit. They're ride or die. Like they'll save they'll save your life at the expense of. And their even own. even my dog, who's a little uh, he's a little cat like. Like he likes his own space, especially now that he's older, right? But like, yeah, mm-hmm. when some shit happens, he's he's always in front, even though he's little. Like, you know, he he wants to be in there, and and especially with my wife, you know, even if if like I hug my wife too long, or like start picking her up and bouncing around because, you know husbands boyfriends we love fucking with our significant others um he'll like try to like, get in between us and like tell me to fuck off like he gets real protective even though he's little like you know and like frank too i'm sure like he'll you know bark at somebody and get all aggro if he senses the energy is up and i'm sure he must realize just like teddy that he could be kicked across a room like they're not large animals you know i yeah i don't know if frank would do that it just and i've seen dogs like bark at him and be angry at him and he just keeps wagging his tail he just thinks everybody's a friend yeah like he doesn't really care he doesn't seek out other dogs to play with them if they come over and sniff him out he's cool yeah he's he's interesting um i don't know that he would be a good guard dog because he he just has a stoner personality so he's like he's a what's his face from half baked yeah i always tell people he's spicoli from fast times at ridgemont high when he's like smacking the shoe against his head dude that's my skull (laughs) yeah like he's just doing his own thing he's in his own lane everything is groovy um so yeah i don't know i don't know if he would defend me it'd be nice oh but in general i mean i think like you know, dogs can sort of, like, pick up on, like, when, especially between two humans, like, when a, a situation gets kind of dicey or angry or tense or whatever. Like, you know, a lot of dogs will go and, like, jump up in somebody's lap and, like, oh, don't be angry. Here's my nice soft head or whatever. Which, I, again, I think speaks to, like, the 10,000 years or whatever of, of co-evolution, development, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. How do you feel about pigs? <sighs> 
when people buy pigs as pets? I, like most things in life, I have mixed and complicated feelings about it. Uh, for the most part, good. Like, I think most pig owners don't, like, stumble into pig ownership. Um, at least as pet pigs, right? If you're farming pigs, that's mm-hmm. a whole other story. Um, I don't know. It's not my, just like cats, like it's not my cup of tea, but I, I can't say I've ever met a pet pig. Uh, it seems like it'd be cool, but like, I don't know, a lot of animals end up in rescues because like we were talking about, like a lion, somebody thinks it's going to be cool to have a lion and then they find out it's not. Like a dog is the safe bet. You know what I'm saying? Like if you want a pet and like have some companionship and like, you know, a little buddy to put shirts on or whatever the flip else like dog is the safest bet like if i if i had a pet pig and that pet pig had a shirt with my face on it that'd be a whole shit lot weirder my dog with a picture with my face on it right well that that is true um because uh so like most pet pigs actually do end up at rescues because people adopt them thinking they're a quote-unquote teacup pig there's no such thing so people are getting swindled they're getting swindled and the pig grows to be huge and also pigs are can be aggressive they don't get along well with dogs they feralize crazy quick like just like cats yeah like the crazy thing between like a domestic pig and a feral like hog or you know like 30 to 50 hog dude like that's the exact same animal and, like, you take a nice, fluffy pink yeah. pig from the farm or, you know, well, I guess they're not actually happy at the farm, but you know what I'm saying. Like, like a nice pet pig and, like, just let it roam and be itself. It'll grow tusks. Its hair will get all long and it will turn into that crazy thing that is terrorizing Texas or whatever. Like, it's the same animal. It's not like that animal's kids or whatever else, right? Like, feral dogs takes a couple generations to sort of get the whole, oh, you're a human and you will help me kind of thing. Right? Yeah, out, out of their system. But pigs, no, boom, straight in. Cats, boom, straight into it. Yeah, they uh, they don't. So yeah, they don't make good pets, which is why I was super shocked to hear that George Clooney had his pet pig Max for eighteen years. Longest relationship he ever had, right? Was the joke. So Max, who weighed three hundred <sighs> pounds, pagan. um, would God sharing any amount of space with a three hundred pound person, animal, whatever, is a lot. Like this. 300 pounds is big. And to bring him on set, have him stay in your trailer, this fucking pig flew in John Travolta's uh, private jet. That's how you know you're handsome as shit. It's like when you get people to accept your pig coming with you. Right? Bitch, I'm I'm George Clooney. Do you see how handsome I am? My pig is coming. Like, yeah, it's getting on your jet, dude. All 350 pounds of them or whatever. Could you imagine being that attractive? Yeah, you have to be charming. No, I can't. Well, I can pig, imagine the it. The pig slept in George. <laughs> the pig slept in George Clooney's bed, um, and apparently it caused issues with girlfriends. Um, one of the girlfriends said, "It's either me or the pig," and he said, Easy. "It's the pig." Especially when you're George can, Clooney. Yeah, like, can you imagine? I mean, even you know, I got my dog with my wife, so like we're sort of the same age in relationship. It'd be a tough call even now if he was like dog or me. Oh, man. Don't make me say that, sweetie. Yeah. But, yeah, if you're just some George Clooney, you know, he was famous for that, right? Like, yeah, definitely the pig if you're George Clooney. Yeah, I just, I'm trying to picture hooking up with a guy, and then he's like, all right, yeah, you can stay the night. Um, All right, get in get in the bed, 300-pound pig. 
Like, that would be amazing. I'd be like, I'm just going to call an Uber. No. Well, yeah. back then they didn't have Uber, right? So you were stuck there. Or you had to call your friend and be like, yeah, George yeah. Clooney kicked me out of his bed for a pig. And no girl wants to admit that? No. Like, could you imagine I mean, that yeah, that doesn't, ha- that doesn't help the self-esteem. God. Oh, George Clooney, what are you going to um, do? Yeah. But then, well, I don't know, so, but I know that Van- I know that Vanilla Ice had a kangaroo. That's what I. Know. Elvis had a kangaroo too, I think. He had like a whole bunch of things. Like that's the other thing is like, when you get real rich, like you don't just get obsessed about one animal. You start your own zoo, like Hugh Hefner and Elvis Presley. Miley Cyrus is working up to it. She's got a farm, which you could consider this is the same thing. Like, yeah, zoo ownership is another level of like just. That yeah. is next But then level. you're just, like, super into animals and not, like, focused in on one furry little muffin. His head smells so good. And you just got to scratch it all the time. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. ears all cute. Oh, man. <laughs> I digress. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, there's a difference between the animal hoarding and, like, the pet monogamy. Uh, so Vanilla Ice, his kangaroo, Bucky Buckaroo, he had it its whole life, and it died in 2018, and he had it stuffed, so it's still hanging out in his house. That's how much he loved his kangaroo. I've thought about that, honestly. Like, it's it just seems a little too, like, real. Like, yeah, my dog died. It's right there. I don't know. Yeah, no matter how good the taxidermy, it doesn't look like the animal. And then it's kind of just uncanny valley because it's going to have like glass eyeballs and not your real dog's eyeballs and the soles in the eyes. Well, also like the muscle mass is going to be different too. And like it's going to be right because like unless you have a really good taxidermist, like that guy's got to sculpt the the muscle tone of that animal so that it looks right when you put like the big – at least in you know my dog's case, he's got a lot of extra skin. When you put the floppy dog, like pelt back on it, like that's got to be incredibly hard to get right. You know, it's like painting yeah, a portrait I, of I somebody, so. but like you know, sculpting their whole body, right? Like if like for you, like if Zach died and you wanted an artist to perfectly recreate his body in a, we'll say statue, uh, it would be tough to get perfectly mm-hmm. right, wouldn't it? Yeah, but I could ask them to give him an ass, and that would be nice. Yeah, I just, the idea of taxidermy is weird, because I don't know if I'd like to think of my animal being cut up like that. Like, I just don't like it. Um, I read that Charles Dickens, when his cat died, he had the paw attached to a letter opener, so that when he would open letters, he was basically, like, shaking hands with with his fucking dead cat. That's fucking, yeah, I mean, okay, like, sure. I guess, you know, don't yuck somebody else's yum. But at the same time, um, I don't know. Death is a whole nother. I, like, once my, my dogs die, like, uh, I still love them and everything, but it's not like I'm still wanting to shake hands with them. Right? Like, like my first dog, no, Duchess, they're, they're or my second dead. dog, Charlie, like, they're fucking dead. Like, you know, when Charlie died, I had, like, moved. He was my poodle. I was, you know, he's my dog through sort of middle school and all that. And I was living down here in Southern California. He was still up with my parents. And I still cried like a fucking child for, I don't know, two days probably? Like a day and a half? Like, it was bad. So to sort of like yeah, bring that all back every time you open a letter, like, I don't know. I mean, then again, maybe he wasn't that attached to his cat. It was like, oh, yeah, the cat was like that thing that would hang around. 
Yeah, but you've, you've just sent the rest of your cat down the river sticks with only three feet. You know what I'm saying? Like Yeah, depending on your, your views of reincarnation in the afterlife, you may have just fucked your cat. Maybe he doesn't like his cat. Maybe that's why he did it. Because cats can, can be assholes, like we discussed. Yeah, it seems more spiteful than sweet. Who knows? But um, do you know about Carl Lagerfeld and his fucking cat? Uh, was he one of those crazy people? Cause I was looking into a bunch of people that left a bunch of money to their pets. And cats, yes, like cats get the fucking Benjamins, man. It's all about cats. People love their cats and leave their cats a shit ton of money. Yeah, he so, and I'm gonna have to read this quote from Carl Lagerfeld because he's the worst. Um, he because he's obsessed with being thin and he lived off of Diet Coke and like plain lettuce. Um, and he would say that everyone was fat. Um, so he had. His friend went out of town and was like, hey, can your maid watch after my cat show pet while I'm out of town for two weeks? And then when the friend came back, allegedly the cat didn't like the owner and didn't want to leave. So um, the cat ended up staying with Carl Lagerfeld. And of this situation, Carl Lagerfeld said, he got another cat who became fat and Chopet became the most famous cat in the world and the richest. And I'm like, like, he's just such a, like, how that's like a weird way to dish your friend. Like, be like, his cat's fat. But like, okay, so when I was living in Hollywood with Teddy, there were a couple times where there were celebrities that like, you know, you'd be in like Home Depot or whatever. And like, uh, you'd hear him like talk shit about Teddy. Because he, he's, he's a little rotund. Like, he's well-loved, you know what I'm saying? Like, we watch his weight and everything, but at the same time, uh, if, I mean, he's a handsome little devil. Like, he can't always say no, right, when he wants a treat or whatever. So, yeah, he's he, he lives well, right? So we are at Home Depot sometimes, and Janice Dixon's, and I could hear from across the frickin', uh, you know, outdoor garden area, talking shit about how fat my dog was. That fucking skeleton was dissing on your teddy. Yeah, and I didn't really really realize who it was. So I was like, going to go walk over to her and like, hey, I, like, I don't know who you are. Like, why? Like, cause, yeah, like we're 15 feet away, right? Like, it's it's a short enough distance that you should clearly know that that person can hear you talking, right? So, and again, as I sort of alluded to before, I'm fairly obsessed with my dog. Like, I take it a bit personally. And so I'm about to go over there, and, and my wife grabs me. And says, you know what? I don't go over there. Like, there might be a film crew. I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? And then she, I don't know, she's like on at the time on like some top model thing or housewife thing or whatever. And yeah, so I never went and confronted her, but I, I, I was about to. Actually, funny funny story. Uh, when I was working at the museum, uh, a coworker of mine. Well, a new young lady come in, came in as a, as a co-worker, and, you know, you sort of get in the notes. Oh, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I have a dog. Here's a picture. And she's like, oh, he's cute. He's a chubby little guy. And without thinking, like, just a snap reaction. I was like, you're fat. Just, just, I totally did. You did and not. And the saving grace, thank God, was uh, this young lady was, like, I don't know, 6'5", and, like, a hundred and... I don't know, twenty something ish pounds. I'm not really good at guessing like but she like, so like not fat. A, a very tall, athletic young lady. Like clearly not fat. And so I was 
because I was also like in a group of like all female coworkers too, basically at that point. So I was like, oh, f- I fucked up. And then they like thought about it for a couple of seconds. Like, ah, yeah, you did fuck up, but we're not going to kill you because she's clearly not sad. <laughs> yeah. And it was yeah. just reactionary. But, yeah. So she you can't talk shit you. about other people's animals. Like, unless it's, and even like, if it's in a case of like an abuse, that animal owner is still probably going to get pissed. Like, if you leave your animal in a car and I come and break your window to get your animal out, like, I, you're probably going to be mad at me. You know? That has to be done. Talking shit about somebody's maybe chubby dog in Home Depot does not have to happen. No. I probably, I talk shit about people's dogs, but, like, not to them. Like, if they have behavioral yeah. problems or whatever, and I'm like, they need to get get it together you know like that dog was not cool and i don't blame the dog obviously i blame the owners but i would never tell someone to their face like your dog has behavioral issues right well unless they're like Um, a close family friend or actual family like yeah right because it's like in yeah like i said like we spend 70 billion dollars on our animals we clearly care about them right as in my case we clearly like Mm -hmm. you know anthropomorphize them like it's effectively like a child to a lot of people, especially in our millennial generation, like with delayed child rearing and all that other bullshit people talk about, like animals have become more and more important to us. So. Well, yeah, we're, we're a generation where number one, our parents had the highest divorce rate in American history. Divorce rates have actually gone down since then, but like our generation, our parents all got divorced. So, you know, we're kind of a little more hesitant about marriage and children. And also economically, even if we want children, we, it takes us longer to get to a financial point if we ever do where we can afford to. So like, yeah, our generation just isn't having children and we are all obsessing over our dogs. Mm -hmm. That's just how we're doing it. Well, especially like when you put on like the um, like what's happening, especially in like Japan and, and other sort of Asian countries where there's a lot more emphasis on like family honor and stuff like that. Like a lot of people, even in, in the U S are now thinking it's like, Oh, well, like in order to get married, I have to be able to provide a, you know, white ticket fence and 2.4 children before I can even like, you know, ask uh, a woman to marry me or, you know, it, on the flip side, a lot of women obviously aren't wanting to settle down and just become wives now since, like, the 80s, right? Because, like, you obviously have mm-hmm. more abilities and options. Options. So, but that, you know, you put energy into that, like, a lot of times your social life, as with men, deteriorates, right? Like, you spend more time at the office, there's just not enough time to, to go out with friends and have drinks, yeah? So, it's, it's yeah, and absolutely. then you come home to your dog who always loves you, and it's great. And everything and is a okay. Crate train them and all that. They won't have even shit in your house. That's fantastic. Unlike cats yeah. who just like sometimes like, get it in a box. Yeah, as long as you clean the cat box, because some people they don't clean that thing enough. They got robotic ones that like clean themselves, don't they? Like just get with technology. Cats are, are space animals anyway. Like you know, that's what you take in a spaceship because it's like a little thing that hangs out in a little corner. You don't take a dog in a spaceship. I don't know why I think that, but anyways. Yeah, it's just, it's a, it's a ownership thing. Like, okay, I'm always defending ferrets because I had ferrets all through junior high and high school. Ferrets do seem like a crazy animal though. Well, just like cats, I'm sure they're great. It's just, uh, you know, like I haven't seen enough of them or, or been around enough of them to really form a solid opinion. 
and uh, it's always safer to go with the known quantity. Yeah. You know? Yeah, of course. But the, so people always, the haters always say, "Oh, well, ferrets stink." Like I knew someone who had ferrets and they stink. And like the thing is, it's just a maintenance issue. Like, like a dog, you don't have to wash as often as you have to wash a ferret but like ferrets you need you need to give them a bath once a week you should change their litter boxes once or twice a day and then they don't smell it's just like a maintenance yeah like when my dog rolls around and shit he smells bad like all animals smell bad at some point yeah and so it's just like you need to keep up on it like right now I wouldn't want ferrets because it is a lot more maintenance than I have time for but like they don't it's not ferrets aren't just like stinky you know, it's just you have to take care of them. And so, like, I have known people who I couldn't really tell by walking into their house that they had a cat. And then there are other people that you walk into their house and you're like, oh, Jesus Christ, they own a cat. Yeah. Well, there's like a big difference between like, you know, one, two, three cats and like fucking cats, you know, like, <laughs> like if you are a responsible pet owner, like, you know how many cats you can feasibly take care of and keep clean and fed and all that shit. But again, when you get into animal hoarding, like we were talking about earlier, ooh, all bets are off. Uh, yeah, I have several family members that have so many cats. Like, I don't like going to their house. And if I have to for, like, a Thanksgiving dinner, I have to shower when I get home because I feel so gross. Well, like, it's not just cats. Like, if you had, like, 15 dogs in a, in a house, that would be too many dogs, too. Like, yeah, because, because there's hair, yeah. there's dander, there's dirt, right? They're, like, rubbing up on shit. Like, people are petting them with, if it's Thanksgiving, like, gravy hands. And then, like, they run up against you and then now you got gravy in your pants or... Or like you go to scratch them behind your ear after that person has, and then you get gravy on your hands. Like, it's a whole mess. And that's actually one of my biggest yeah. pet peeves about pe- people touching my dog in public. It's like, I don't know where your fucking hands have been. Like, I cuddle him, bitch. Like, it, it's a, yeah, I it's don't want sort your of like you're asking to put your hand on my face, which I'm not a fan of. But then again, like, I also have to realize, like, I roll around with a cute-ass dog. Sometimes that cute-ass dog is poking his head out of a fucking backpack. And, like, he's cute. It, it brings joy to people to see him out. Like, my wife and I yeah. joke that we should make a techno, like, song out of all the times that we hear somebody from like, across the street go, like, oh, it's a corgi. And then you just, like, set it to, like, that inst, inst, inst beat, right? Because it, oh, you it 100% happens sure. all the time. Like, it's, it's kind of like walking around with a celebrity sometimes, and it's, it's weird. Like, we were just at this uh, Subaru car show over the weekend. And I, the pavement got hot in the middle of the day, and you know, it was like 90 something degrees out. And he's got a corgi, big old, huge dual layer coat on. So we put his little cooling jacket on and plunked him into the backpack for the second half of the day so he could just hang out. And uh, yeah, I, I couldn't walk past like one or two cars without like, I don't know, four or five people just like running up and asking, can I, can I take a picture? Or like, oh, can I pet your dog? Or whatever else. Like, it was madness. Yeah, it's like being a celebrity. Yeah. Which is weird. Like, I, again, like, I have a very sort of complicated relationship with this idea of being, like, treating my dog like a child or, like, just being too into my dog, right? Because, like, on the one hand, yeah, he's a good little buddy. He's a companion. He comes basically everywhere with us. Like, we plan our days kind of around sometimes. Um, taking him places. Mm-hmm. Like, if there's a restaurant and it's like, oh, dog can come, dog can't come, same basic food, boom, clearly, dog can come restaurant. So, like, but, yeah, I don't know. I, 
I, I worry about getting too into the dog. Cause again, like with the stuff, like the shirts or the, the car accessories or, you know, the, the enthusiast meetups, it gets to be a little much. And like my coworkers know not to bring up corgis because I'll just like start spouting off about corgis. And then, yeah, they've just put a nickel exactly. in your slot and you're yep. off to the race. Well, I mean, I work in sales too, so I sort of got to get the gab and I'll just keep going if somebody doesn't stop me. So, yeah. Um. Well, at least you don't have a human as a pet because uh, King George the First of Britain had a human pet. Well, isn't that like slavery though? No. And I am going to tell you the most wild thing ever that I cannot wait to learn more about. So, uh, King George the First had a human pet named Peter and he was a feral boy discovered naked in North in a North German forest in 1725. And they think he was about 12 years old when they found him in the forest. He couldn't speak. He walked on all fours and he fed on grass and the villagers in this North German forest did not know what to do with this feral child. So they just kind of imprisoned him. If you're a child in North Germany, in the winter, without a house, like, how do you get to be 12? I don't get that, but continue. Sorry. Uh, usually it's because they make friends with, like, wolves. Um, but, like, they had, to, they had to pause World War One so that Germany and Russia could get banned together and go kill all the wolves that were killing more people than the bullets were at one point. Like, how does a kid come? I don't know. Anyways, sorry. I get hung up on weird stuff, but. I don't know. There were a lot of, like, feral children in Russia who survived winters because they were kept warm by stray dogs. So, yeah, so they, the villagers imprison him, basically, because they're like, we don't really know what to do with this feral child. Um, And King George was visiting, uh, and he stumbled upon this kid and was like, "Uh, I need him. And he named him Peter and took him to his summer palace. Because he's like, it's like he's like a wild animal, but he's a human um, and he's just captivated. So he takes the kid to his summer palace and starts dressing him in expensive clothes and like dine, like having the kid dine with him in like the royal dinner hall. Um, and um, sadly, uh, Peter had difficulty adjusting to civilization. Um, so the king retired him to a farm. Where he died at age seventy, like which is a long fucking fuck? life. Retired him to a fu- what? How do you retire? There are so many questions here, right? But it's just like Michael Jackson's tigers went to the farm, and uh, the or uh, the chimp went to a farm. They just were like, "This kid is too feral. Let's send him to a farm where he's gonna live another. Let me do some math. Fifty eight years." That's crazy. I mean, I have to assume that kid's backstory. It's like what? So this was Henry the first, right? This George the first. George so the that first. was how many hundreds of years ago now? What? 1725 is when they found this okay, kid so like, in the woods. Give or take 300 years. Like, yeah, they didn't know what mental illness was or anything, right? So parents probably like dropped this kid off in the woods thinking it was just going to get eaten by wolves. Through some crazy turn of events, wolves kept it warm for 12 fucking years or whatever and then a king just like basically swoops him up and then grows tired of him and retires him to a farm is that the arc of this yeah well i think so um people think based on the portraits available of peter that he perhaps had autism or some sort of genetic fuck up 
And so what probably did happen is he was fucked up. You know, he didn't look normal. He didn't act normal. He wasn't a normal baby. So the parents probably were like, we don't know what to do with this fucked up baby. Let's leave it in the woods um, and let nature sort it out. But uh, instead, he was raised by, I mean, I would I would assume like dogs. Well, I mean, nature sorted out and he ended up retiring to a farm. Like there's a lot of rich Californians that like, work a whole bunch of years in LA and then move to the central coast and buy a farm. So in that vein, doesn't sound that bad, but I don't know. No, not at all. Like, okay. If there is like an alien invasion, I'd be down for like the pet role. Honestly, like if if you're given like, you know, we're going to be like enslaved as a workforce or utilized as a resource, or you get to be a pet. Like, Oh, I'm going pet all the way. Yeah, of course. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all I have in terms of, uh, weird pets, uh, and weird animal and human relationships is that, uh, there have been cases of humans keeping humans as pets. Well, and like legit pets, not just like as like a fun thing to do on weekends. No, like a, like a literal pet. So, I mean, are are you starting to feel like your relationship with, uh, your dog is a little less crazy? Definitely a little less crazy. Maybe not sane, but... Yeah, not, uh, he's not a man named Peter, that's for sure. Um, well, anything else you want to say on pets before we wrap it up? Let's see, uh, gosh, well, hold on, let me go through my notes real quick. Uh, yes, okay, so a couple things, why being obsessed with, in particular, your dog is totally fine and cool. Um, the University of okay. Tokyo and Duke did a study a couple years ago published in, uh, the journal Science that um, concluded that in both the uh, dog's case and the human's case, when you make eye contact, a whole shit ton of oxytocin is released. So not only do dogs make oh, you happier, really? but you make your dog happier, which I thought was pretty awesome, especially because my dog is a bit grumpy sometimes. Um, <laughs> so now you know exactly. this is good for you. It's good that I'm smelling your head right now. Just just take it. Um, there mm-hmm. are all kinds of crazy uh, pet products that I found in um, researching for this. But my favorite one, my favorite one was this brush that apparently was marketed to cat owners for a while. That was a tongue that you held in your mouth so that you could like lick brush your cat. I thought was really fucked up and weird and no. I don't do that with my dogs I was like sweet I'm not like faux lick brushing my dog which is cool <laughs> um, yeah oh man that's some then, next level oh, shit there's also but speaking to obsessive dog owners because dogs like we uh, sort of discussed can tend to roll in shit sometimes and not smell that great um, there is a company that makes a dog perfume and they called the dog perfume, which I'm not really, I don't think I agree with this name on multiple different levels, but it's called Sexy Beast. Hell. Which, like, I don't know if we want to be sexualizing dogs, especially in this day and age where, like, I don't know. Where we know that bestiality yeah, is like, out let's, there. Yeah, like, let's tackle mental illness before we yeah. make it cool to, like, put a thong on your dog, right? Like, just, just make sure. Yeah. Uh, especially as, like, a, a cisgendered white dude, I got to sort of, you know, look forward and make sure that uh, uh, we're being appropriate, so to speak. Uh, I don't want to make anybody (laughs) upset with me retroactively. 
I, generally speaking, yeah. I try to uh, uh, not make anybody's life more work than it already is. Because, shit, we all got our own shit, right? Anyways. Oh, last thing. Okay. There's a guy, a psychiatrist named Dr. Chris Blazina, B-L-A-Z-I-N-A. And this guy gave me worry. Because especially in men, especially in their 20s, apparently when they bond with their dog, uh, they can become more bonded with their dog than anyone, and the bond gets stronger with time and age. So, like, if you have a dog in your 20s as, like, a, a single man, and I assume it probably connects with women as well, and he just looked at dudes, but I didn't read his whole study. So, anyways, um, like, if you're a single person with a dog, it might be great to, like, meet somebody at the dog park, but at the same time, if your dog doesn't like that person or... You know, that person doesn't like your dog. Even if you two are, like, totally compatible, it doesn't fucking matter because you're both more into your pets. Yeah, well, of course, because the pet right. was just there like, Just like George Clooney and his pig. Yeah. Yeah, you got to take people. You got to accept people where they're at when you meet them. And if they have a pig, then that, like, or if they have children, you can't be like, man, I don't really want to be a step parent. Uh, so can you just keep your kids away from me? That would not work out. Oh, trust me. I've tried. Um, The only time it ever worked out okay for me is because this dude was so old, his kid was in college. I would meet the kid when he came home every so often on a weekend. You know, if he's in college, maybe he's got good weed. Who knows? Oh, he did. Yeah. Yeah, his his dad actually was like, "Hey, can I pinch a little of your weed off to give it That's to Sid?" That's awesome. Um, <laughs> and his kid, I think his kid didn't realize how old I was, and was like, "Dude, what the fuck are you doing, like, with someone my age, uh, and then stealing my weed for your girlfriend?" So yeah, you gotta if you if you are interested in someone, you have to accept their pet. That's the only way. Well, and also especially because like pets are kind of, and at least in some ways, like reflective of the person too. You know, like I'll admit. I'm a bit of a diva sometimes, just like my dog. It happens. Um, yeah, I think that's true because I'm um, I'm a very calm person that likes to be alone. And that's pretty much Frank's whole jam is he's chill as fuck. And um, like I don't see him sometimes for hours. Like he goes and burrows in somewhere. And he, I, if, even if I call his name, he's not getting up to say hi. And that's kind of how I am. Just like four pillows deep living his best life. Like, bitch, I'm on my back. I got this nice breeze. It's fantastic. No. Yeah, I've had a lot of panic moments where I couldn't find him. I'm screaming his name. He's not coming out. I get in my car. I start driving around the neighborhood going, oh, my God, how do you get out? Whatever. And then I come back home and, like, I still can't find him. And then, like, he'll, like, be at the very bottom of a basket of laundry and just, like, slowly stir. And I'm like, oh, thanks, buddy. Like, an hour later when I thought you snuck out and ran away, like, it yeah, it's and everyone who's ever dog sat him has had that moment where they're like, "Well, like losing your animal is would be tough, right?" Because then you you put it back on yourself. Like I wasn't watching him enough. Like I was a bad dog parent, you know. Oh yeah, this this fucking so uh, I was dating this dude who builds uh, like off road bikes. He has a huge like metal welding shop, and um, Frank was at work with him one day while I was at work. And he had the experience where he could all of a sudden Frank is gone and he's like, holy shit, like I can't find this girl's dog. And he's having his buddy like drive around the neighborhood, look for Frank. And then he just hears like a little swishing of a tail 
And Frank was had like made a nest he'd found where the garbage bags were stored with the cleaning supplies. And he was just napping on the garbage bags and like felt no need, felt no need to come out when called was like, I'm busy napping on the garbage bags. But yeah, that dude like shit bricks because he was like, I yeah, he's like, I knew that if I lost your dog, we were done for. And I was like, oh, no, we were done for for so many other reasons. Not only are we done for, but, like, now <laughs> every body panel on your car has a dent. Or maybe it's just burned to the ground. Like, yeah, don't uh. – actually, it was funny. Over the summer, I was up visiting my um, cousins in Canada. And uh, he's got a little uh, rat terrier which he actually adopted from Bakersfield, which is a whole long story. But anyways, uh, we're having like this family barbecue and all of a sudden the dog's gone. I'm like, fuck. Like we're, cause like the first thought that I didn't think, but them as Canadians and being on the West coast, their first thought was, Oh shit. Eagles. Cause like, oh, like an eagle, yeah. I don't know if you knew this, but like an eagle, like sitting on a branch, right? Like you, normally, especially in the Southwest, like you don't see a lot of eagles. So they're far away when you do. And right, they look little, but like, it's like a, I don't know, 40 pound bird. Like it's as big as your entire torso. So little dogs get swept away all the time by eagles. In fact, my, my grandparents, their family friends had dachshunds and they were at a family picnic. Mm-hmm. Dachshund got picked up and then by an eagle and then proceeded to be eaten in the tree, like at the family picnic. Oh. So, so anyways, oh, my cousins God. are freaking out. Like, fuck, where's the dog? Like, we didn't hear horrendous, crazy scrap so he probably hasn't been picked up by an eagle yet but we need to find this thing right and so we're running around crazy it's in this little uh sort of resort town not really resort but like summer town called point roberts there's a bunch of summer homes um and actually oddly it's in the u.s anyways um so ended up being in the garage and was just like happy as a clam just hanging out in its bed in the garage but like we were all at a party and we had thought that the door had been closed to the garage the whole time. But like an uncle went in mm-hmm. to I'll do something, smoke a joint, grab a beer, whatever, work on a motorcycle, whatever you do in a garage. And then the dog slipped in without him knowing. So then he left and closed the door. Like the dog was just in there. Right. Uh... And he was just chilling. Just like Frank ha- having a, a gay old nap, not a care in the world. And then somebody suddenly burst in the garage, like, oh, fuck, you're there. Like, the dog's like, yeah, I've been here. What, what's yeah, your problem? Yeah, I've been here. I'm cool. <laughs> but, yeah. Uh. Yeah, out here, uh, owls uh, take dogs um, in the mountains. Yeah, the hardest time that Scott McNulty has ever laughed was um, – uh, when we used to have a show called McNulty and DeLorean, I told him about an old lady whose chihuahua got picked up by an owl and the old lady was trying to like pull the leash, you know, to fight the owl, but the owl was stronger than her and like carried her dog away with like the little leash. And Scott was crying, laughing. And he's like, I'm so sorry. I don't know why that is so funny to me. Scott, Scott, Scott. Look. I avoid watching movies that have dogs in them because you know the dog's going to die at some point in a movie, right? So this is why Rob Love is hashtag fan favorite because he has not laughed at this tragic story of a poor old lady fighting an owl for her beloved animal. Sorry, Scott. Well, you know what I'll do? I'll call Rob and I'll tell him the story and 
see if he laughs. I'll set him up and I'll do, you know how I, how I rob to him and I, I just record it without letting him know. Yes. Oh, and you know what? Before we end this episode, I want to let everyone know. Uh, so I was, I acquired a um, free Apple computer. It was given to me. It was part of our old POS at work and we don't need it anymore. And um, I am going to send it to Rob Love so that um, with a microphone so that when we record, he has a microphone and um, then I can marry the two channels right and I'm not just recording a phone call. Um, and so if anyone uh, wants to... Um, Venmo me money towards buying a um, a blue USB mic um, or buy uh, pins at like because I have pins, um, stickers and magnets for the show and you get a bundle of all of it for five dollars. So this is a really great time to contact me via social media or text message at 646-778-7743 so that I can ship out some shit to you and you can give me some money because we're sending Rob Love a microphone. Um, and the feet aren't paying yet. Maybe one day. That's right. Maybe one day. But until then, um, I got to sell all these buttons and stickers. Um, and yeah, so that I can uh, send Rob a recording setup so we can do pup dates more often. The pup dates are good. I, I thoroughly enjoy the pup dates. People love it. And we're moving into soup vember is what Rob's calling it. And so... That's right. He hasn't been talking a lot about soup lately. He gives a soup report. It's really everything I want and need in life. He does them on Twitter, too. So if you follow him on Twitter, you can get his soup reports. Um, and he'll, he posts pictures sometimes of the place he gets soup at. Right. With the two little ladies that are the soup Nazis, but not really the soup Nazis. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Um, so yeah, uh, everyone give me money so we can mic Rob Love up and, uh, have high quality. Um, well, anything else? Uh, yeah, actually, if I can do, uh, a shout out to all the 15 million listeners to at the podcast, um, this coming weekend, sort of like I said at the beginning is a Corgi Beach Day event here in Southern California. It's big. It's fun. Oh, yep. it's this weekend? It's the 20, no, sorry, not this weekend the 26th october 26th is corgi beach day at huntington beach uh which is a, a good fun event but what it really does is raise money for a corgi rescue in southern california and that's queen's best stumpy dog rescue uh because they're little stumpy dogs and uh the queen used to have a bunch of them so yeah if you're in southern california and want to do some things see a bunch of cute dogs and help up a good cause. You just come down buy anything from any of the vendors. I think they're all giving at least some portion to, um, Queens best, uh, or you can donate directly to them, uh, at the event and buy a whole bunch of crazy Corgi themed products from like mouse pads where the little Corgi butts are like a little rest for your wrist or Corgi pillows, Corgi macaroons, uh, the NFL's been there before selling officially licensed gear. Yeah, it's a whole circus. Come down and, and check it out. Well, this is what I will say because October 26th is my birthday. I will be so turning you're gonna 25. So going to be a Disneyland. So. Um, I guess. No, I'll actually be, I'll actually be uh. bartending that day. But um, if you live on the West Coast for my birthday, go to Corgi Beach Day. 
Donate to a good cause. See some cute dogs. If you are on the East Coast, I need you to go to Danvers, Massachusetts, because Matt Farley is performing one of his free residency shows at the Danvers Historical Society Building or whatever. Um, Look up Moturn Media. And so East Coast, you got to go to Danvers, see Matt Farley perform for my birthday. West Coast, go see some fucking corgis. Um, everyone have a great time for Woo-hoo. my birthday. Happy birthday. Do you want to let people know to have a happy hump day? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Happy hump day. Don't hump your pets because that gets into some weird, not healthy obsession stuff. Just hump each other. <laughs>